Welcome to the uh, Football Index podcast, episode 77, and we're taking a slight step sideways from Football Index and focusing on Scottish football. And today I am really happy to be joined by the host of the Totally Scottish Football Show, Andrew Slavin. Andrew, how you doing, mate? Hello, man. Yeah, I'm very well. Thanks for having me on. Um, I'm glad to be... uh adding some Scottish tones to your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've had a Scotsman on before, uh, whether or not they've been Football Index uh, traders or, or other people. So this is a, a really refreshing uh, dulcet tone to hear. Good. I promise it won't be aggressive. <laughs> well, I, let, you, you might get into some rants later and I won't blame you. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you start by telling us a bit about yourself? Obviously, a lot of people would have known about the Totally Football show and now the kind of branch off it, the Totally Football, the, the Totally Scottish Football show. So a bit more about you, uh, yourself, Andrew. Yeah, so um, I'm Andrew Slavin. Uh, I am Scottish. I'm 30 years old um, and I look 40. Um <laughs> But uh, I just love football. I've always loved Scottish football. I grew up in a a small town with around 40,000 people um, in Dumfries, uh, which is just in the southwest borders uh, of Scotland, just kind of 30-minute drive from Carlisle. Um, So I kind of have a funny accent. (laughs) Some people can never really quite place me. But um, I've lived in London now for about 10 years. Um, I've worked in kind of sports television for all that time, Um, mostly football uh, related, some news as well. Um, And for the past year, I've been with Muddinese Media uh, hosting their Totally Scottish Football podcast, which has been doing really, really well um, alongside my good mate JJ Bull uh, and Laura Brannan joins us as well. So we've got good insight and we try and talk, you know, mostly about all the other teams bar Celtic and Rangers. We, we stay away from that kind <laughs> of... There's other teams? Yes, exactly. This is the thing. This is what really frustrates me and a lot of my friends is that, you know, my local team is Queen of the South and they have an absolute demon up front called Scott Doby. <laughs> Stephen Doby? Oh my God, I got it wrong. <laughs> oh, all this pressure is, is too difficult to handle. But, you know, there's some there's some great stories up in Scotland and it just doesn't centre all around, you know, the Celtic and Rangers divide. Yeah, I mean, I was about to ask you who you uh, follow or support, but uh, Queen of South then, yeah? Um, I, I think it's important to follow your local team. <laughs> we were discussing that before, but uh, since this is a Football Index podcast, I usually ask people that come on to do these kind of league or nation specials if they've heard of the, the thing before. Have you heard of Football Index before? Uh, the first I'd heard of it uh, was on Twitter, and I thought it was really interesting, but I really don't know anything about it, if I'm honest, but... Uh, Anyone who's ever interested in Scottish football, then I'm interested in them. <laughs> well, I thought it was a great opportunity to get you on. but uh, And we've got loads of questions, but before I get into that, I just need to thank everyone who's listening, because um, as you may have seen, uh, midday today, we're recording on uh, Wednesday, uh, I was nominated uh, at the Football Blogging Awards uh, for the Best Gambling Content Creator, which is something I'm over the moon with. Uh, there's a there's a thing in Manchester I've got to go to on the 9th of May. If if I win, that'd be amazing. But uh, I, I'm obviously thanking everyone for their uh, support so far. But it's not over yet. If you have not voted, uh, please do so. You can either head over to www.footballbloggingawards.co.uk and it's pretty straightforward from there. Or just head over to Twitter and you can tweet, I am voting for at FIGuide underscore in at the FBAS for hashtag best gambling content creator. Uh, it'd be obviously a magnificent achievement to win. And um, yeah, I, I'm just thanking everyone for their support so far because it's, it's crazy to even get shortlisted. Um, but to win it would be even more amazing. So thanks very much to everyone and obviously uh i could go through plugging myself of of all the other stuff that i do but uh i i think that's the the biggest club plug i'll go for this um this episode round but andrew the first question came from football index sotd and we had a few other kieran turney questions will he ever will he have a move um i think he will eventually um because the problem that Every Scottish team now has, um, when they have a top quality talent, and Kieran Tierney is a top quality talent, is that bigger, 
well, not bigger clubs, but clubs who have more money will will put big bids in. I think he won't go this summer though. Uh, he's currently injured. He's not. He, he got injured against Rangers on um, Sunday, and he just came back mm. um, from a spell away. So I don't. I think that might scare a few suitors away um, for this summer. They might just think, well, let's let's see in a season. But I don't know. He was strongly linked with Arsenal um, mm. in the past few months. And I think that's a good fit for him, if I'm honest. Um, and the rumoured kind of bid that Celtic would be interested in receiving is around £25 million, mm. which might make a lot of people seem kind of... Uh, you know, think £25 million for a Scottish player player coming from the Premiership. That's ridiculous. But it's not ridiculous because he could easily fit in um, to one of those top six teams in the Premiership. Even as a, as a squad player, he will do a job for any of those 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 teams. Um, he's just that good. Well, I think it's, it's known to everyone that a lot of the top teams in England are looking for a left-back. Maybe Arsenal have put that down their priority order uh, lists at the moment with Kolasinac playing all right, extending uh, Monreal's contract a year, but it's still definitely a, a place that they're looking to strengthen. Obviously, Manchester City, uh, Benjamin Mendy was out clubbing till 3am the other night and uh, I don't think Pep Guardiola was too happy with that considering how often he's injured and then they're playing Zinchenko is not really a left back there at the moment he's just gotten injured uh, I was watching the game before we started recording Fabian Delph is the most injury man, uh, prone man on, on earth so you, you'd be thinking they, they're they looking at a, a left back and then obviously Manchester United Luke Shaw is uh, realistically only their, their only uh, senior-ish centre, uh, left back they were playing Ashley Young a lot of the time uh, and he's been linked to them too as well well, Kieran Turney, but um, there was a bit of uh, back and forth on the on the tweet that I put out asking for questions about him and Robertson comparing the two. Uh, some of them were talking about Kieran Turney being uh, the, the better player. How do you see it? Oh, that is it's so hard because you know how come Scotland, who haven't reached you know a major tournament uh, since 1998, how come we get like our two best players in the same position? <laughs> What is going on? That's just wrong. Like there's something I don't know. To quote Gordon Strachan, the genetics are wrong in Scotland. Um, yeah, <laughs> and we've seen I, them play at the same time, haven't we? Uh, one yeah. at the left of the back three, and then left wing back. Yeah, and Alex McLeish has also played um, Tierney at centre half um, <laughs> because I, I think Tierney has a good footballing brain. Um, it, it's it's insane because he's only and he's very early 20s, but it seems like he's been involved in the Celtic setup for years. Um, he's almost, he's captain Scotland, he's captain Celtic, and he's so young, it's incredible. Uh, but then you look at Andrew Robertson, who's a really interesting story in itself, you know, playing for, you know, part-time club Queen's Park, mm. and um, going to Dundee United, moving to Hull, and then he's moved to Liverpool, and everyone's seen that tweet from when he was... Uh, 15 I think it was and he was saying you know he, he was just looking for a, a job and a future um, and now Amazing. look at where he is now he is I think I think on the basis that he's Andrew Robertson's played Champions League final um, he's constantly playing against some of the best players in the world and he's uh, at a club that is competing at the top level day in day out um, you'd probably have to say Andrew Robertson is is the better player currently, but there's no reason that Kieran Tierney doesn't have the ability to surpass that. Um, and it, I think they probably uh, complement each other as well. They they push each other to to be better. And, and do you think it will definitely be to a top six team that Tierney does move to, or will it be maybe kind of like that Wanyama Van Dyke thing, where they kind of move into a, a lower Premier League team to kind of show what they're all about in in the Premier League, or, or does, does, is he the real deal? I mean, yeah, I suppose if you, if you look at the pattern of, of players going down south, um, it has been to a, a relatively successful-ish mid-table side or a team that's just came up from the championship and just trying to find talent from, you know, outside of England because um, it's just stupid money down there. Um, <laughs> so it, perhaps, I don't know, I think he's just that good and I think he's played enough Champions League games that he he may go to a top six team and may not be instantly thought of as a as a first team start, but 
Andrew Robertson wasn't a first team mm. uh, player when he moved there. Um, and I think you would only have to look at him for a few weeks or months to know that uh, he's, he's just awesome. He's just mm. a really, really good player. Um, and at such a young age, and with such a, a determination you can see in him when he plays for Celtic that um, he loves the club. And that's something that a lot of Celtic fans love about him and Celtic fans find it difficult that, you know, Celtic are coming up to, you know, battle for 10 in a row. It looks like eight in a row is in the bag mm. and they would love nothing more than for one of their own uh, to be to be there um, for the for for 10 in a row if it happens the Scottish decimal yeah so <laughs> so who knows I, I think like I said earlier Kieran Tierney's injured at the moment I think that might frighten a few clubs away Celtic fans will be delighted about that but maybe someone I, I think you know English clubs you could have a, a Southampton you could have an Everton that comes in and just tables a 25 million bid why not mm. the money the money's there and the thing is Celtic don't have to sell so they can hold out for a lucrative bid yeah money is crazy at the moment in the premier league and it doesn't show any sign of stopping really uh, the next question we've got here from uh, fi genesis uh, speaking of uh, money in england how, how good is billy gilmore reports suggest he settled well at chelsea and is performing well how far can he go this is a really interesting one because he, he was um he was you know Really highly thought of at Rangers um, and Chelsea came in for him. Um, And I actually watched him today in the UEFA Youth Mm. Youth League because I knew this was coming up. (laughs) Um, So I wrote a few notes on what what I kind of thought from a a few reports that I've read and from what I saw today. So they were playing Dynamo Zagreb in the UEFA Youth League. It was actually a mental game. They were 2 0 down, and Chelsea came back to draw 2 uh, 2, and Chelsea uh, won on penalties. It was mental. But uh, listen, he signed his first contract at Chelsea, so that's running up until 2021. Um, the difficulty you have is he's still so young. Mm. I, I look at the likes of, say, Islam Farouz, who was a young Celtic player and, and moved to Chelsea and was tipped for massive things. And a lot of uh, Celtic fans back then as well thought he should have stayed. Mm. He goes to Chelsea and he completely disappears. I think Billy Gilmore is very different. He is a regular um, for the youth setup and, and and a regular now for the under-23s in the Premier League too. He is really highly thought of there as well. Mm. Today, I don't think he had a very good game. Um, but what, from what I see is he's got a wonderful first touch and he he plays almost a kind of relaxed role. He's like a kind of uh, kind of a Luka Modric or a, a, a kind of David Silva. He's very, very kind of graceful on the ball. It's quite nice to see mm. for, when you realise he's, he's from Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> It's like um, I think Chelsea's got a wonderful academy, and who knows with this new kind of registration ban that that Chelsea have got, um, where I don't think they can either sign or register a player until twenty twenty. Will they take a gamble? Will they move a couple of youth players up from there? Um, Gilmore's certainly determined enough to get into the first team. I think that's just him, kind of. He's got to say that if he's asked. Yeah, he? yeah, yeah. He's yeah. probably been asked it. And he probably has to say, yeah, you know, next no, I'm not really, I'm not really bothered, am I? No. Yeah, he's seventeen. He's seventeen years old. Um, I just, you know, it's so early to tell. But um, a few things to tell you about. I mean, he won uh, Revelation of the Tournament in the 2018 Toulon Tournament. Oh wow! Um, so Scotland finished fourth in that. Is I think it's one of the best um, kind of tournaments we've had as a kind of youth. Uh, Scottish youth team. Um, it's it's the most prestigious one out of like the under twenty ones kind of friendly tournaments that that kick around. But um, you know, t- big players that have have appeared in that are the likes of Ruben Loftus Cheek or mm. David Brooks, one player of the tournament. Um, I think last year. Um, and actually, I'd, just to point out, this year Celtics Michael Johnston actually came third in the the player of the tournament awards as well. So, I think Billy Gilmore's got a lot going for him. Will he get the opportunity at Chelsea? 
I, I doubt it, but this registration ban uh, might just help him. Um, but he could go out and loan. Like I said, he's got a professional contract there. He is young. He is hungry. And I think there's enough about him to suggest that he will be a very good, very good player. But there is definitely the possibility that he could do the, the Mason Mount, right? Just have a loan for for a year in, in the championship. But he's still really, high, really highly regarded by Chelsea fans and a lot of people at Chelsea Mason Mount, including, you know, Frank Lampard, his manager currently. So maybe there's a situation where Mason Mount comes back um, and then Gilmore goes out on loan uh, to Derby or someone else. I don't know. That'd be it. I mean, that'd be really good for him. And, and the championships are really good breeding ground for talent. What What I would say is he's not... He's not the fastest or the you know the strongest. He's certainly mm. he's certainly up for a fight. He's got that kind of <laughs> uh, you know Scottishness about him in, in that sense. <laughs> he he won't he won't um, he won't bow out of a fight early. But um, I just look at the championship. It's so fast and it's so physical. Mm. And when you when you when you watch him play, I, I watched him today, and he's just so kind of he suits the Premier League. Yeah. You know, just receiving the ball and having time to lay it like side passes. Um, but he's got an eye for a pass uh, and, a, and an eye for a goal as well. I've seen some mm. goals from him today on YouTube. Um, but he's he's just got all the right materials. It's just whether or not he can keep progressing and stay focused. Uh, we've got more of a, of a general question here from Nick underscore LFC. Uh, where is the Scottish League in comparison to other European leagues? In terms of the standard of football, always lots of talk about how Celtic would get on in the Premier League, etc. But what about the general standard across the board? Um, this is such a difficult question to answer um, because I look back at, you know, Scottish teams of the past from the 90s and you know when Celtic and Rangers were doing so well in, in Europe in the early 2000s and stuff if Celtic and Rangers, Aberdeen, Hibs, Hearts you know probably they are the top four high, uh, supported teams in Scotland and it, and it includes Dundee and Dundee United in that if they were offered the opportunity to join the Premier League those teams would do quite well, particularly Celtic and Rangers because of their kind of global brand. Mm. In terms of the league right now, if you asked me where would Scott, where would Celtic finish, where would Rangers finish, I think they would be top-end championship. Oh, wow. Okay. That's my honest opinion, mm. and I'll probably get absolutely slated <laughs> for that. Um, but I only say that because I, I, I believe that's true. But if they were down there, who's, I don't know, if I put the scenario that uh, those two teams were going uh, down to England and starting life in the championship, I think you would probably have two teams that would be willing to spend upwards of 70, 80, 80 million because mm. screw it. Why the hell not? If you've got a chance yeah. to get into the Premier League, why the hell not? So uh, a lot of the, the Scottish Premiership is very difficult because. Your top six teams are probably mixing at the top end of championship, and then you've probably got bottom end of championship, top of League One, maybe. Mm. Uh, I'd certainly put Aberdeen um, as a kind of mid championship side. I'm going to get absolutely slated for this, you know. <laughs> it's hard. It's really, really difficult. It's just I wish there was a British league. Mm. Um, as much as as much as I think it's our Scottish league is is amazing. Um, because it's unique, and our and our fan base is is so uh, so unique as well. We love, you know, a lot of people say um, Scottish football shite, but it's our <laughs> it's our shite. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So we we're we're fiercely um, uh, we fiercely defend it because it's ours. I do think the um, the bottom end of the Premier League has been quite weak this this season. I mean, uh, whether or not Celtic or Rangers would have stayed up, for example, if they were in the Premier League. But I definitely think that there's probably more about, especially Celtic, than um, you know the likes of uh, maybe not in terms of quality, but as teams, Fulham and, and Huddersfield, and, and potentially Cardiff as well. But yeah, I guess you never know, like yeah, unless there's some sort of uh, yeah, again, British league that you just mentioned i'm not sure we'll see it right well yeah just i just think that ultimately the teams that i've mentioned celtic rangers aberdeen uh dundee united hibs hearts they're 
I, I think they're bigger teams. I think they've got more history about them. They're just bigger teams. So if there was money there for those clubs to invest in, in the playing squads, people, good footballers would go there because of the history and, and, the, uh, and you know, the iconic shirts that they are. For sure, and and you'd probably definitely have like the likes of and Andrew Robertson, right? Uh, if they could play with their local team, or same with Kieran Turner, Turney, um, at the highest level, there'd be a, a larger incentive for them to say. Absolutely, I can't disagree with that. Mm-hmm. Well, well, uh, well, we have a word here now from the uh, Figcast data providers, Index Gain, uh, who have been kind of in collaboration with with my podcast, uh, providing reports of, of data for Football Index uh, week in week out. But this this time, since it's not a FI specific pod, um, I'm just going to kind of read you about uh, read to you guys what their new in play dividend report is because uh, I really do think it's awesome and I've recently used it to pick my uh, squad builder uh, starting eleven the the new video series that I've started. So here's a little bit more information about the uh, the report. Uh, so if you sign up to Index Game as a, as a premium member and take advantage of their in play dividend report and their fixture difficulty tool it can really be a massive asset to all traders you can use both reports to find out who has the easiest run of games until the end of the season and then use the in-play dividend report to find out who from those teams has earned the most in-play dividends for the whole season or just the last four weeks there are a range of filters in each report to help you really drill down into player stats and individual match stats to help you unearth some hidden gems and as i mentioned i did use the uh this report exactly to, to to have a look at who i should buy uh for my squad builder which has uh started off okay there's been a bit of a a lull in a couple of players but it's it's not off to the worst of starts but if you guys are interested in uh, having a look at index gain just head over to indexgain.co.uk and you can use my code fig 2019 to get half price off your first month so thanks to the guys over there for helping out and 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 sending all the wonderful data our way uh well on with the questions now andrew uh football index insight does (laughs) i think this one's gonna go on for a while does morelos have what it takes to make it to the top if he stops getting sent off and short flood uh no no uh no surprises ask a question about morelos as well uh rangers will probably sell morelos after his shenanigans against celtic any ideas as to where he could go so why don't you tell us a bit more about this guy and why he's such an absolute nutter <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah he, yeah he's a bit mental um alfredo morelos he, he came so he's he's colombian he's mm. uh He's actually got a nickname, the Buffalo, which is wonderful, um, and it kind of is quite apt as well because he he will run forever uh, and just harry uh, centre halves and all defenders, and he is not afraid of anything. Um, but he came from Finland. I can't actually remember the team that he came from off the top of my head, unfortunately. Um, but he came from Finland. It's a bit of an unknown quantity. He'd scored loads of goals up there, but. You know, it's Finland. Um, <laughs> so he came to Rangers and had a pretty good first season. But this year, he has been, without doubt, Rangers' best attacker and goal threat. I think 29 goals this season. Wow. Uh, and some of them have, have been awesome. Really, really special goals. Um, the one goal that uh, sticks in my mind is against Aberdeen, where he just caresses it with his right foot foot um it's there's just a really good angle um from the tv coverage and it it just kind of curves so sexily into the bottom left corner it's just genius it's absolutely beautiful goal Mm. um and that's what you want to talk about when you talk about someone like alfredo morelos but Mm. we don't (laughs) we don't talk about that enough because unfortunately he has this streak in him um where and I guess again, this is maybe why he's called the Buffalo. He sees red. He's just he's just an absolute head case, and he and he does Rangers fans' heads in. Um, the problem they've got is if they didn't have him this season, they might not be sitting second in the table. Um, so I said at the weekend, Morelos will never be a top player if he keeps getting sent off, um, and. 
yeah, he's not. You're not going to what? What football manager in their right mind is going to look at Alfredo Morelos? They'll be like, oh, what? Twenty goals a season? That's fantastic. Um, oh yeah, but he's been sent off five times in one season. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's it's really really difficult. Um, to judge it now, some you know football managers. I can't really name any because who knows where he could go. But it's very likely that he will he will leave in the summer. He signed, I think, three contract extensions this season. Wow! And before the Celtic Rangers game on Sunday, uh, there was in the build up to this game, uh, an, an okay piece done by Rangers TV. Um, the, the content was really good. It, it kind of described, it was him, uh, it was a camera following him throughout the game. I think it was like 12 or 15 minutes long. Um, and it was his voice kind of narrating this story mm. about how, um, you know, his sister died and he's looking after the family and looking after his mum. And it, and it was painting this, you know, nice picture of, of Alfredo Morelos as this kind of caring, you know, family guy. Um and you look at it and you think, well, this is good po- propaganda for potentially selling him in the summer because they're softening his image. Mm. Um, oh yeah, that's really that's you know pretty pretty clever PR move. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like it, it makes perfect sense, and it was a nice little um, a nice little piece. Mm. Um, but off the back of that, he then reacts to Scott Brown, um, kind of niggling at his heel a little bit, mm. and he just and he's. I don't know why he thinks he can get away with this. He just elbows Scott Brown in the face. Um, it kind of, it's kind of like a flailing arm, but he, it's his reaction. Nobody can really fully understand why mm. in a high-pressured game like that, he can't just hold his nerve. Like It was like in the 35th minute as well, Celtic had just gone 1-0 up, and then he has to do something like that and and you know jeopardise um, his, his team, his teammates and his manager uh, in such a massive game for the club so <sighs> he was fined a week's wages this week um, so there, there's your PR totally <laughs> thrown out the window um, it's probably to look- pay for the video right <laughs> <laughs> well I don't know but <laughs> it's it's just it's, it's, it's frustrating because he's a wonderful football player um, he he's a great goal scorer and he's a good player. He's so pivotal to how Rangers play um, because they normally play with a, a lone striker and he is pivotal to everything they do uh, alongside Ryan Kent, who I know we'll speak about soon. Mm. Um, where will he go? Uh, I know in January I was speaking to a good mate of mine um, who does a lot of um, Bundesliga coverage. Uh, he did hear that there was some murmurings of, of uh, Alfredo Morelos, uh, a few clubs in, like just looking at him. Whether Borussia Dortmund were reported in the new, in uh, a few reports, mm. um, he's certainly a type of player you could imagine Borussia Dortmund being interested in. Young uh, striker, maybe France. I was just thinking that. I think it's you know it's a kind of understated league, but you had Musa Dembele go there mm. um, this uh, in August. Uh, or just before August, I think, for good money to Leon, um, he he could easily he would devastate that division. I think, mm. um, if as long as he doesn't get sent off. <laughs> well, I mean, in January there was a lot of uh, speculation, wasn't there, about him? And I think um, a lot of interviews with Steven Gerrard, who I know we're going to talk about later on in the show as well, they kind of said, you know, how much money would it take to take him away? And he just kept saying no money. And then they were like, what about twenty million? And he was like. I just said no money, <laughs> which was good fun. But, um, you know, money like that, as as we mentioned before in the show, doesn't come around too often for um, clubs, apart from maybe like uh, Celtic, especially if you're Rangers. That's, that would be a lot of money to pass up on, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Uh, there's no way that Rangers would pass up on 20 million. I don't think now they would pass up 12 million. Mm. But that's still good money. That's still yeah. really good money for someone they got for absolutely nothing. Um, so uh, yeah you're right if they got an honest bid uh, and I think 15 million is, is a fair fair offer even with his disciplinary record you know I feel like I'm saying a really horrible cliche but um, goals are the best currency uh, and he definitely mm-hmm. guarantees them so he's worth a punt 
and he's worth a punt in this day and age for between 10 and 15 million pounds because mm, i think i just had a look now he was bought for for about a, a million quid but from from hjk in finland um where he scored about 17 goals in or no 27 goals in about 42 appearances which is pretty impressive uh, I mean, I, we, we said it's Finland, but <laughs> yeah, well, he's 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 um, replicated that at a much better level, mm. Um, mm. and he's he's scored in the the Europa League this season as well. So, mm. yeah, well, we'll uh, definitely keep our eyes on him, whether or not he moves abroad or moves somewhere else or gets sent off. He's definitely going to have a story around him. Uh, the next question is probably the most specific one we've had from Football Index Futures. Do you think this batch of Hamilton? Hamilton Aki's under 18s could really progress? And if so, which ones? Um, now, I won't lie. I don't know enough about the Hamilton academicals under 18s. Um, but I did do a little bit of research. So it's good to get these questions in early <laughs> uh, so I can kind of read up on it a little bit. So I know why this question has came up because they've had a little bit of success in the UEFA Youth League. They knocked out Basel in penalty shootouts, mm. um, and their goalkeeper, Ross Connolly, saved three of those spot kicks. So, yeah, maybe they'll come through. But the other reason this is coming up is because they've got a good... Hamilton have got a really good track record of producing young players. So you've got uh, James McCarthy, who's at Everton, came from Hamilton. James MacArthur, Crystal Palace came from Hamilton uh, and, and a couple of others. Brian Easton, who went to Burnley for a short time um, when they were in the Premier League. Uh, and you have a player called Lewis Ferguson, um, who's at Aberdeen. He came from Hamilton. He, he scored against uh, Burnley in the, the Europa League qualifiers early, I think in the early August. He scored that overhead kick against Burnley. It was his first professional football goal. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. It was I an, remember seeing that. It, it was an absolute cracker, and he's been he's been excellent for Aberdeen this season, a, a real revelation. But you know his football education came from Hamilton, so everyone's going to you know at least have an eye on what they're producing at the moment. And uh, one player that, that sticks out for me is um, a guy called Regan Mimno, mm. um, who played in that. Name. Yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah. I had to say that to myself a few times, but Regan <laughs> Mimno. Um, <laughs> just go on like soccer base or something like that to, to look him up but uh, he's had a, he's had three appearances for the first team this season he's 17 as well um, but forcing his way into the first team um, is pretty good going um, and he was part of this UEFA Youth League success knocking out Basel as well so um, definitely one to look look out for um, another one who stood out for me um, because he has an awesome name is um Sean Slavin. <laughs> uh so yeah, unfortunately there's no relation. <laughs> um but uh I hope he does really well just so that I can kind of start telling people that pretend that he's your nephew or something. Yeah, like that. exactly. Yeah. The amount of times I get like, Oh, are you um uh oh god, do you know when you do you know when you get a name that just goes in your head and yeah. disappears? The the Scottish striker that played for Middlesbrough for years uh, Bernie Slavin okay the, yeah the amount of people that say to me like, oh, are you related to Bernie Slavin like, no <laughs> no I worked hard to get to where I am <laughs> <laughs> to be um, compared to a Borough striker <laughs> yeah exactly um, but yeah listen uh, Sean Slavin um, he scored the uh, the equaliser to take this to penalties so I'm going to definitely be keeping an eye on him. Mm, mm. And well, uh, by the way, this team's uh, managed by Jason Scotland as well. Do you remember him? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember him. Yeah. He, he, who did he play up top for? Wigan at a time? Uh, Wigan, Swansea. Yeah. He was at Swansea for a while as well. Yeah, he, he used to score quite a lot of goals in the championship. He, he is what we call a goal eater. Yeah. He just eats <laughs> goals. Well, good luck to Hamilton Ackies and uh, and your namesake and Jason Scotland. So um, uh, the, the next question, and actually this isn't a question, it's just two words from Ricky Christie, who uh, clearly didn't have enough time to, to ask a question uh, in its full form. Or maybe like he was at work and, you know, he was tweeting something, his boss came <laughs> over his shoulder and he just quickly clicked send. Uh, he just says, <laughs> Ryan Kent. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's, say no more. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, Ryan Kent. Uh, really interesting player. Um, so Steven Gerrard brought him to Rangers from Liverpool. So mm. someone he worked with in the youth setup before coming to Rangers. Um, and he's got something about him, let me tell you. Mm. He was excellent on Sunday. Uh, against Celtic, uh, scored the equaliser, a really good goal, um, a good move by Rangers, to be fair, but he had to do the hard bit, accepting a, a really fast pass and then, you know, making an absolute fool out of Dedrick Boyata and putting mm. it past Scott Bain. So it was a really good goal. Um, so Kent's, when you look at his record this season, it doesn't look that good. Um, six goals and four assists. And when you're playing for Rangers, you should probably be doing better than that. But he is without doubt still most likely their best player, their second best player um, besides Alfredo Morelos. Mm. Um, you know, I was looking at, there was a good um, thing on StatZone on Twitter, uh, which put up some good stuff sometimes. His shots per game is 1.6. Still, it doesn't sound that good. Um, but he is so dangerous with the ball at his feet. He will um, strike fear in defenders because of his trickery. Um, uh, so only four assists. You're expecting more. But I think he will definitely go on to bigger things. Mm. Um, a, a lot of Rangers fans have been saying we should snap this kid up. Um, but at the end of the day... He's had a good season for them and he's a Liverpool player at the end of the day. And if a club like maybe Bournemouth or Watford are mm. looking for a young, exciting winger who can play up front, play in midfield, um, you know, that that significantly increases the rumoured minimum £7 million pounds that he's he's linked with. So, mm. you know, maybe between seven and £12 million pounds if Liverpool decide to sell him this summer. Um, but I'd I'd be very doubtful that he'll be at Rangers next season. Yeah, and it's this interesting model these days where the likes of Liverpool and Chelsea are actually managing to sell these youth assets, and I'm doing air quotes here, for, for quite a decent bit of money. Like we saw Jordan Ibe go for £15 million to Bournemouth and then um, they managed to sell uh, Dominic Solanke for another £15 million to Bournemouth. There must be some sort of money laundering going on there because Bournemouth can't be that stupid. Uh, to spend £30-plus million on those two is, um, is almost outrageous. But uh, yeah, yeah, and Jordan Ibe has been absolutely horrific since he's been there and he was he was rumored to become you know when sterling left liverpool everyone was kind of like oh it's all right we sold him for loads of money but jordan nibbe is better um and he's he's done absolutely nothing so it'd be really interesting to see if liverpool continue this model of being able to sell these kind of youth or younger players and and buy the the expensive likes of van dyke and allison for the right here right now and, and go on to win league titles or try and win league titles. Yeah, don't you know? Don't really. Leicester City maybe even putting in a bid for him mm. as well. You know, Brendan Rodgers going there. He, he would yeah. have been familiar with Ryan Kent um, for at least a season and a half that Rodgers was was at Celtic um, for this year uh, at least. Um, he might want to plunder the Scottish top flight. You don't know. Uh, the next question is from the real FI Cole, and we've mentioned this guy a couple times already. What is the opinion of Steven Gerrard as a manager in Scotland? So he came to Scotland with a bit of a whirlwind. This world-class footballer, total global name, um, coming to Rangers. It was kind of like, uh, it was just, it was just great. It was just absolutely brilliant. Um, and he has, without a doubt, improved Rangers. He got Rangers into the Europa League, um, and European. European football is vital um, to, to them. And so, you know, he's done what he, you know, he's, he's ticked a lot of boxes this season, getting Rangers into Europe. He's also beaten Celtic uh, in 90 minutes, which Rangers have failed to do for, I think, seven years. Mm. Um, they've beaten Celtic in the Scottish Cup semi-finals in extra time and then penalties. So, this was the first 90 minutes. So it's, you know, and, and Rangers were excellent in that game. That was on um, uh, Boxing Day, I think. Um, so it showed that Rangers have improved. By New Year, it was neck and neck between Celtic and Rangers. They were level on points. And you were starting to think, well, hold on, here we go. 
<laughs> this is a proper this is a proper title race. Gerard is, you know, getting into getting getting into the swing of things, into, into the managerial swing of things, sorry, you know, quite well. Um he plays regularly like a four three three. Um and it's been quite effective for him this season. But the one problem that Rangers have had this season is they have drawn a lot of games. They've not lost many games, um, but they've drawn more um, than they, sh- they should have if they want to challenge for, for the title. So it's a mixed bag for Gerard. really. I think Rangers fans like him. He's quite straight talking. He um, doesn't take any crap. He's he's pretty much he'll have a response for everything, um, mm. and sometimes he says good things. Sometimes he doesn't say good things. So I remember the first day of the season they played Aberdeen. Um, Alfredo Morelos got sent off in that game, uh, <laughs> and um, it was rescinded. But yes, that was a good start <laughs> to his season. Um, but he uh, Stephen Gerrard came out of that game. It finished 1-1 and said uh, Rangers are a class above Aberdeen. And Aberdeen have finished second in the league for the last four years in a row or something like that. So it was a bit odd for people in Scotland to, to accept that because Rangers it was only Rangers' um, second season in the top flight um, for a long number of years. So to say that Rangers are a class above the second best team in Scotland officially <laughs> is is a little bit silly, like you know. Um, but he he's he's done a good job, and I think he'll get another season as well. Next season will be really interesting. Um, but overall, Rangers fans love him, and uh, the media quite like speaking to him too. Yeah, I think I mentioned earlier that that weird confrontation about Morellis and, and what price that they'd accept for him. Uh, he's, uh, he's clearly made an impression on and off the pitch, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He's really good. He, 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 he helps the headlines. Hmm. Um, and I think coming from a club like Liverpool, um, he gets it. He gets that kind of goldfish bowl hmm. um, kind of feeling you can have in, in a big city, a big footballing city. Um, and, He's still got to kind of learn. I think, like I suggested earlier, with the whole class above Aberdeen kind of thing, like that was maybe a bit too early to have a little bit of arrogance. But then he's probably just trying to impart a little bit of confidence in his own team. Mm. That's probably what it is. You know, he's he's defended the likes of Morelos to the hilt, um, <laughs> and it's taken five red cards for him to finally, you know take a dock a week's wages off of him. So he's he, he's instilled this kind of um this mantra that everyone's out to get Rangers a little bit. Mm. So they're they've became quite an aggressive team. Um but they've also became a fairly effective team. And that's why they're second. And with a few more good additions, there's no reason why they could push Celtic a little closer next year. Mm. Well let's see how Gerard does next season. There is that kind of strange link between uh scots scottish football in general and, and liverpool right dalgleish sooness and now gerard kind of continuing that trend yeah it's a bit interesting i suppose and um, again it's just two big really football loving cities um mm. with a lot of history a lot of passion um and a lot of hard work isn't it like, mm. two big working class cities yeah, lots of passion, um, especially as we saw that Liverpool last-minute win against Tottenham. They were absolutely going nuts. Um, Keegan's Bluff from the uh, Football Index Forum, he says, I'm sure you'll get a lot of questions about specific players and transfers in particular, so I'd be interested to hear his take on a more general one. With England youngsters being all the rage at the, mo- rage at the moment, what has gone wrong with youth development in Scotland and how can it be put right? Will Scotland ever produce some of the world's best footballers again? And if so, where will they come from? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? You know, it feels a little bit like you know, oh, our, our last our last golden age was the nineties. You know, we reached the World Cup uh, in nineteen ninety eight. I'm lucky to remember it. To think there are you know kids in Scotland that don't know Scotland being in a major tournament. 
you know, 98 was amazing. I, I don't know if, if you remember it. I don't know how old you are. Uh, but... No, I would have been two at that point. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I remember it. I remember crying just because I had face paint on um, and it got into my eyes, but it was still worth <laughs> it. Um, and it's sad. It is sad because we have had great players in the past. You've mentioned them already, like mm. Kenny Dalgleish, Graham Sunnis, John Collins. <clears throat> it's it's nuts that we've failed to produce a squad of players to to push Scotland. We've came close. That's why everyone always like we always end in glorious failure, um, like losing two uh, one to Italy uh, in two thousand and eight qualifying and stuff like that. Um, but we were cheated then, so it's not it's not our fault. Uh, <laughs> where are these? Where is it going to come from? Where does it go wrong? I honestly don't know. I don't know where it got. Uh, went wrong a lot of people like to say that you know scotland has a pro a societal problem you know we we can produce really exciting young players but then there's booze and women hanging around and that can attract them away from things but i don't buy that i don't buy it at all i just think you know i just think it's not happening for us right now you had gordon Mm. strachan the the scotland manager um at the end of his reign, say that we don't have enough tall, strong, fast players. You know, it, our genetics in Scotland aren't strong enough. And he got absolutely pelted for that. <laughs> <laughs> because kind of, That is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, but he, he, he got pelted. Like, Gordon Strachan is a, is a really good guy and he's a good football guy. And he knows what he's talking about. Um, but I'd, I'd love to speak to him and see if he ever regrets saying something like that because we'll instantly and and anyone who looks at that will be like well what what's the problem with spain you know what i mean like they're pretty good and they're pretty small um so billy gilmore could be could be one of these players that comes through for us um so i, I don't really have an answer for you keegan's bluff i'm really sorry um but we do live in hope <laughs> as always there is hope there is hope. exactly exactly uh, moving on from a general question that that uh, that was pretty tough to answer to one that might be a bit bit easier to answer uh, how good is philip benkovic uh could he make an impact when he returns to leicester um i think before he got injured um in i think it was end of january uh, beginning of feb that was when a lot of people were starting to realize you know what this guy is the real deal I, I genuinely think he could become a top, top quality defender. Um, he just, every time he played for Celtic, it seemed to be a little bit more stable. Him and Dedrick Boyata were definitely Celtic's best centre-back pairing. Um, Celtic have another centre-half uh, called um, Jozo Simunovic, who's, who's a good defender as well, but he's not as assured as Philip Benkovic. And when, what, how old is Benkovic? He's like 20. Mm. Um, and with him, and with, uh, sorry, Brendan Rogers being at Leicester now, I, I'm sure he can uh, force his way in. I, I, honestly, he's such a cultured centre-half. He can pass the ball. He, he's so, so good in the air. Um, and he was pivotal to Celtic doing doing pretty damn well in Europe this season as well. It'd be quite interesting, especially um, if the likes of Harry Maguire move on, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, honestly, I think he's a better player than Harry Maguire. Mm. I, I think he's just a better footballer than Harry Maguire. Um, he's just so good with his feet and he, nothing ever phases him. He doesn't seem like he's, um, you know, under pressure and when it, even when it looks like he might be he'll just play like a, a simple pass that just kills any attack mm. so yeah he's a good player I mean I, listen I, I'm I'm glowing about him but I'm sure he's made mistakes um, but he's he's done enough to, to prove to quite a lot of people up in Scotland that he's a he's a top class defender mm. and is there anyone else from uh, you know the likes of Rangers and and Celtic that we haven't really chatted about yet that that you think could make a move to a step up? Uh, tons, absolutely tons. You know, it's it's funny like when you tweeted out about um, you know me being a podcast and Scotland questions, and uh, you know 
everyone's always going to ask about Celtic and Rangers, but there yeah. are such a, a, so many players up in Scotland right now. Um, I'll rattle a few off, mm. um, and then I'll go into a bit more detail. Sure. Um, but you've got to look at the likes of, and these aren't all Scottish Scottish players as well. But um, Christopher Ayer, who is at Celtic, mm. he's going to be. He is. Um, Honestly, Virgil Van Dyke point two. Uh, <laughs> honestly, it's quite some praise. Uh, well, I mean, I, I'm not a football coach, and I'm, I don't, you know, I don't hold the purse strings. But <laughs> he is of that ilk. You know what I mean? Like he, he will, he will play those passes that Virgil Van Dyke plays, and he'll. The thing is, like he, he kind of marauds forward like um, Virgil Van Dyke did for Celtic back in his day, um, and he absolutely loves a tackle. He celebrates tackles. It's really funny. Um, David Turnbull at uh, Motherwell. He's 19 years old. And he's uh, burst on the scene uh, this season. Became a first team regular in October, and he's he's never out of the squad. Um, Stephen Robinson's the manager, and he absolutely loves them. He Motherwell are a really exciting team, um, full of youthful talent. Uh, so. David Turnbull is their top goal scorer this season. Nine in the league, 10 in total in 27 games. And my God, some of these goals are absolute raspers. They are brilliant, some long ranges. And he's pivotal to a lot of the goals that they've scored um, by the way that they've played. So they used to be kind of labelled a bit of a long ball team, a bit, you know, a couple of fridge freezers up front and just hammering people and just lumping it into the goal when they can. But they've scored some really good, really good goals this season. And Turnbull seems to just be that kind of box-to-box midfielder and he signed a new contract um, at the turn of the year so that'll be keeping him until uh, January 2021 um, but again you'll know just like I do you know those extensions just heighten the price tag so I wouldn't be surprised if, if he's got a lot of suitors um, someone else from Motherwell Jake Hasty, 20 years old he's kind of came through the ranks with Turnbull what an exciting player this guy is um, he was at Aloha in the championship uh, mm. at the start of the season, um, but was brought back by Robinson because of his, the performances he was putting in. And um, this guy can hit the ball. My God, he's a demon. Um, he's scored some long-range efforts. I think he scored uh, in the 10 premiership games, he's got five goals and they're all belters as well. Um Rangers this just this week were, were linked with him um, because he's out of contract in the summer. Um, I'd really like to see him stay at Motherwell because I think him and Turnbull um, would be really good to have just another season progressing and staying kind of un, just under the radar. Um, and the rumours have came out that Rangers have dropped their interest Um I don't know if that's just playing politics a little bit um, because Jake Hasty seems like a really interesting player. Um, a couple more, John Suter uh, at Hearts. <clears throat> um, he was uh, spotted as a youngster by Ian Cathro, who's the uh, Wolverhampton first team coach at the moment. Mm. But this was when he was at uh, Dundee United. Um, so brought him to Dundee United, uh, eventually going to Hearts. Um, and he has been a bit of a revelation this year, 22 years old, and he is a really cute passer of the ball, kind of plays long passes, not long balls, long passes. <laughs> um, they always like, land on a 50p, um, and he got his first Scotland cap this season. He had a bad injury uh, in November, and that kind, of, that kind of scuppered him a little bit, which is a real shame, but you know he's learning off the likes of Christoph Berra, Again, ex-Wolves and ex-Ipswich, um, really prop- a proper British centre-half. <laughs> um, and the interesting thing is that Hearts have signed uh, Livingston's captain, Craig Halkett, on a pre-contract, which may be a little hint that John Sutter might be away in the summer. Um, and I would I would definitely be thinking that's down south. Um and Craig Halkett's a really good player as well. He's he's a year older than Suter, but he's been a stalwart for Livingston this season. Um, a few more. I'm just going to keep rattling them because it's keep so rattling. So, keep rattling. Yeah. Sorry for the um, the beeps that are coming through. But uh, we've got <laughs> uh, David Bates, who's at Hamburg. Um, so he was at Rangers and he moved uh, out to Bundesliga 2. Um and he's done really well. He's he's played for Scotland this season. He was pivotal to to us turning our um, UEFA 
Nations League campaign around uh, for Scotland, and he's got he looks like he's got a good future. And someone who, you know, has try has decided, screw it, I'm going to go abroad. Uh, you know, similar similar to the likes of say Jaden Sancho, um, although Bates was getting an opportunity at Rangers, so um, he decided to go and further his footballing career. Um, Ryan Porteous at Hibs, really exciting player. Um, and then I probably have to go back to Celtic now uh, and Rangers. Um, don't know loads about these guys, but I've heard amazing things. So there's a young kid, 17-year-old at Rangers called Dapo Madube. Um, really exciting young talent, uh, a regular for Scotland youth level. Uh, has made a few appearances for the under-19s. Um, but uh, he's been in the first-team squad at Rangers but he's not made a first team appearance just keep an eye on him because I've heard amazing things uh, and then two players at Celtic that I've heard about um, someone who Brendan Rodgers brought up from uh, Liverpool as a youngster um, when he first came to Celtic a guy called Armstrong Okoflex um, has been scoring quite a lot of goals for the youth set up at Celtic and you've probably heard of this guy um, there's tons of YouTube clips of this kid, Karamoko uh, Dembele. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's guy playing of, with like kids seven years older than them or something like that. Yeah, and he's just running rings around him. Um, interesting player. Uh, there's not loads to say about him. It's just that there's loads of really good YouTube clips about him. Um, I think he burst on the scene when he was 13 years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, he's 16 now. He's signed a professional contract at Celtic now. Um, and again, a, a player that you could maybe put similarities to Islam Farouz. Um, but Dembele is staying at Celtic. And um, you never know. He could Celtic have got... Celtic and Rangers give these players opportunities when they can. So mm. um, maybe you might see him before the end of the season. Mm, interesting. Wow. Well, you've you've certainly rattled off a a hefty list there, um, and that that's all we've got in terms of questions. Is there anything or anyone that you forgot to speak about while while you've been on, Andrew? Or is is that everything? We've exhausted all the assets in your brain. Um, keep an eye out for Gary McKay, Stephen, uh, who's out of contract in the summer, uh, and Graham Shinney uh, at Aberdeen. Two really really excellent players and really. Um, important to Aberdeen. Um, Gary mckay Stevens, just like a tricky, uh, really skillful winger um, with a decent eye for goal. Um, his final product kind of crosses into the box of being suspect, um, but he is he's exciting to watch. Uh, and Graham Shinney, um, he was the Scotland player who took all the blame for that 3-0 Kazakhstan defeat, which was the <laughs> worst moment in my life. Uh, <laughs> that was not great, was it? was not great but Graham Shin he's a, he's, he's a midfielder and he's brilliant in that role he's got so much drive um, my my podcast partner um, JJ Bull absolutely raves about him all the time he loves him he wrote a song about him uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Graham Shinney, um about be, being a seagull um, <laughs> look it up on YouTube it's it's hilarious. Uh, I mean, it viral. Sounds, sounds hilarious. <laughs> yep, it's quite funny. Um, but check it out. He is rumoured to be maybe going to Rangers, okay. which will really annoy Aberdeen fans because Rangers kind of took their last captain, Ryan Jack, uh, to Ibrox mm. uh, as well. So I don't know. Uh, we'll wait and see. But those are two other players. There's there's loads. Honestly, the Scottish the Scottish game right now couldn't be at its highest. Um mostly because there's so much young talent and there's good coaches. Mm. You know, Steve Clark at Kilmarnock, Eamon Brophy, what a player he is, needs to stop getting injured so much. Um, there's so much good football being played. It's 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 just a great league to, to keep an eye on. I might start watching Scottish football after that. <laughs> good, good. So you should. And if you don't, I'll know. <laughs> <laughs> so you said you weren't going to get angry. Yeah, uh, no, no, and sorry. It took, I... you, took you fifty nine minutes, but <laughs> it happened. Oh uh, yeah, sorry. I had to kind of. I, I'm not. It's not really my persona on the Totally Scottish Football Show, but there you go. I thought I'd. <laughs> you know, maybe someone might find it funny. Uh, where can people find out more about you, Andrew? Uh, well, it's it's all the Totally Scottish Football Show. Muddy um, Media producer. It's great fun. Sister show of uh, James Richardson's Totally Football Show. Um, check it out. 
it's not all Celtic and Rangers. Like this one has been kind of really, um, we talk everything. We go from Ross County to Inverness. We do all the Highlands. We'd love to do the Lowlands League as well. Fort William, they're a team that are just terrible. Um, really, really bad, but I'm hoping they win this season. Uh, <laughs> they've not won all season. Um, that's what we talk about. We're interested in every level at this up in Scotland. So um, please check us out. That is. I am Cinderella of Scottish football. <laughs> Thank you very much for coming on, man. Do check out the uh, Totally uh, Scottish Football Show if you haven't done so already. Uh, it's it's awesome. It came out at the same time as uh, uh, the pod- the other podcast I produced, The State of Play, and I think we were both uh, in the um, new and noteworthy uh, UK iTunes charts at the same time, which was uh, which was nice. Now it's kind of we're bringing it back to full circle. Um, if you guys are on your commute, uh, please enjoy it. I, I had an absolute nightmare today. I got on the wrong tube somehow and went the wrong way had to go back and then and then back home uh, but but i did think i got off the tube and i was like i've got a bit more of a podcast to listen to which was a, a kind of a nerdy thing to think which was uh, i'm it, from yeah. scotland and i can handle the tube come on <laughs> Uh, if you guys aren't commuting, uh, doing whatever you're doing, please keep telling me what you're doing during your uh, during uh, when you're listening to the show and, and you're not commuting. Uh, you know, cleaning out your horse stables, cleaning a bathroom, uh, whatever, whatever it is. Honestly, we've had some crazy ones, Andrew. It's been uh, it's been really funny to hear. So uh, keep sending those in. Keep sending those in. I, I do love seeing those. And and sorry if we didn't get to answer all your questions. Obviously, uh, um, we we try and keep these. Uh, an hour but then they sometimes go an hour and a half two hours but uh, I've I've luckily managed to reel this one in to just over an hour Uh, thank you all for listening and have a great day